Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Uh, week 13 uh, victory against the Houston Texans uh, by a final score of 27 to 14. I'm joined by uh, Brad Ward and Jake Burns to help me break it down. The uh, debut of Deshaun Watson, um, not what uh, some of us were expecting in terms of fireworks. Certainly, um, keeping the keeping the team without an offensive touchdown for a game is is not something that I, I thought I would see the Houston Texans do today. Uh, but on the other hand, um, you know, it was a, a fairly comfortable win against a Texans team that really does look uh, dead set on the first overall pick. Um, so I think some some frustration, some disappointment, but also some uh, satisfaction that the Browns now have a two game winning streak for the first time this season. So uh, I'll 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 ask you, Jake, uh, off the bat, uh, tell me how to feel about this. Um, I, I think it's it was an outcome that was always in the realm of possibility uh, in terms of Watson's play. Like again, all of the obvious stuff. Seven hundred days away, you can have as many practice reps as you want, but Given everything around him, uh, how he felt, you know, for fair or unfair, you know, he felt the world collapse on him, right? Everything in his personal life, everything professionally kind of, you know, the opinion of people like him coming out and playing that way was not unexpected. It shouldn't have been. There were a lot of folks who thought he was going to put up big numbers. And, you know, I think there were opportunities for him to put up some numbers in this game. Not a ton. I think they were very conservative with him but he looked like a guy who was extremely nervous how am I going to be perceived how is it all going to feel when there are people on top of me in a stadium there's a lot of stuff there and he didn't look good there's no you know there's not any sugarcoating it like a lot of oddly low throws uh he felt very jittery in the pocket very duck the eyes and move around and some of that is how he plays some of it is he will drop the eyes to escape pressure and then re-engage and get downfield. But he wasn't very good, but it, it's not surprising to me. It really wasn't surprising to me. They put a few little schematic wrinkles in to make him feel a bit more comfortable, but he didn't hit on some of the throws they needed, but he wasn't very good. But again, you, you talk about positives. The defense was really good, man, really good. They stepped up. We'll go over the, the stats here in a little bit, but they played well. They created turnovers from the very first play to the very end of the game, uh, created turnovers, forced punts, forced field goals on drives that got down toward the end zone created a stop near the goal line, tons of positives. And the special teams giving the Browns a net positive play in a time of need down 5 nothing, and really not moving the football at all for Donovan Peoples-Jones to break that play was it's fantastic. So, you know, you can be as negative about Watson as you want, but I think you have to look at a bunch of the positive stuff here, which is defense played well, special teams provided a boost, and the offense will – I mean, you know, it, we either come or it won't come. They're 5-7, and seven, you know, they're – was this an experiment to end the year? Yeah, maybe they have an outside shot at the playoffs. But to me, it's a very massive experiment at the end of the year. But but I could tell you on a scale of like people were tilting before and after the game. Uh, sorry, sorry, before the game, one side or the other. Oh, he's going to come out firing or he's going to be really rusty. He was really rusty. I mean, no more evident by the – he had a false start on himself under center where he bailed out from under center thinking the snap count was that and it wasn't. And everybody's like, okay. So just a ton, man. And again – it's a new role for this guy. He's been universally loved all the time. And now he is a bit of the, he's the, he's the enemy. He's the NFL mm-hmm. is enemy. The only people that are harboring positive feelings for him as a, as a larger group are Cleveland Browns fans. So he's got to get used to that. He's got to get used to everything moving around him at a quick pace. And you can go in shirt and shorts and throw in a gym all you want, throw in a turf field all you want. It's not the same as when 
there's 11 bullets on the other side chasing after you doing schematic wrinkles. So I'm not surprised. I don't think we should all feel panicked. Um, maybe not as optimistic about where this offense would be by the end of this year. Uh, maybe it changes our expectations moving forward. But there's so much positive still taking this game, Andrew. Brad, what do you think? Um, you you said it well. I mean, you know, there was definitely a non-zero chance that this was one of the outcomes, right? Like this was definitely a possibility that he came out and uh, just didn't look right. And he looked rushed, like you said. Like even his his delivery, which is a much faster delivery than we're used to with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it was more, it's kind of a more elongated delivery, but even his short, compact, uh, quick delivery looked fast and, and, uh, at times almost seemed like he was spiking it in the ground because of that. Right. Cause it was just so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this whole thing, you know, when I made the checklist, uh, last night for this, the whole thing was about speed of the game, right? Like the, you can, he can spend all the time he spent replicating plays but missing this much time uh getting reacclimated with the speed of a real nfl game on sunday or thursday or monday night right is going to be uh different and it's going to be hard and it's going to take uh, a little bit of time so uh I, I think this was like jake said in the realm of outcomes and uh, i don't think that it should be I don't think that we should feel bad about it. It wasn't pretty at all. It was a very strange game. You know, I, I see a lot of people saying the defense played really well. I, I guess. I mean, I mean, <laughs> they got a lot of turnovers, right? Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think they played like fantastic. But yeah, they they got some. They got the turnovers. Took advantage. Opportunistic. Took took the ball away. Um, but. I wouldn't say it was like a world-beating defensive effort, but you know the Texans really give you a lot of chances, right? I mean, they mm -hmm. just kind of they they gave seven points to you down there, and um, very conservative. It, it kind of is what we said, right? Like, take some hits, get the rust off, lead, get in and out of the you know, go through the game day operations, lead your team kneel down at the end and win the game. And uh, that's like, okay, good. That's what happened. Didn't have to be yep. pretty. Didn't have to look great. But he uh, he played and they won. And uh, hope is still alive. So move on to the next week. Yep. I said it after the, the John Johnson interception uh, to, to start the game. I said on Twitter that the, the Browns haven't had the balls bounce their way all year. Uh, and, and literally the first play of the game, uh, the defense has one just dropped dropped into their hands by a, a very strange uh drop pass by a, a rookie tight end for the uh, the texans whose name i do not remember uh and then you know the, the the tony fields pass deflection that ends up landing in his hands and he walks in the denzel ward you know where it's it's fumbled and he's able to pick it up and walk in uncontested um uh, you know that, that that's three bounces of the ball that so far this season i, I don't think that the browns have gotten those kinds of bounces at all at any point, let alone all three in one game. And it, it, boy, it really, it's so funny how this game works that when your season's going bad, those things just seem to find you. And uh, the Texans are having one of those seasons. It makes a lot of sense why there's no fans left in the stadium, because that is, they played some very bad football today. And I think to your point, Brad, the, the offense of the Texans was much more generous with the Browns defense than the Browns defense was, uh, you know, sort of dominant in any sense, but that was how they were two years ago in 2020. They had turnover luck and that I think masked a lot of the schematic issues with the Joe Woods defense uh, that have kind of always been there. So, um, it, you know, I, I keep coming back to the idea that they scored three points on offense. And when you factor in the fact that they gave up a safety, their net positive one point for the game on offense, and they still went one pretty easily. So uh, it's a, it's a weird time for them to have that game, but it's also a good time for them to have that game because it's probably the worst game the offense will play all season. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, where were those breaks? Uh, it feels like we got the whole season's worth of breaks exactly. in one game that we didn't need them all. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have yeah. taken one of those against the Falcons or the sure. chargers. Yeah. Where were those bounces Patriots? Before? Well, I don't know what would have helped that, but yeah, yeah, I, it, it, it definitely, the, the luck, arrow has has swung around and I, I think we saw a little bit of it last week against Tampa Bay too to be honest that there was some 
decisions by the Tampa Bay coaching staff, but also some bounces of the ball that went the Browns way last week. And, and that's, if that stuff starts to even out, it doesn't make the Browns a good team, but it makes them a lot more capable in uh, one score games than they have looked so far this year. So um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a win that you have to be happy with. Like, like we said, it's a winning streak. And so now you look at uh, a big game next week in Cincinnati, uh, a team that is about to kick it off against the, uh, or just did kick it off against the chiefs here. So, um, uh, Jake, I want to go back to you for, I, I know that you kind of gave me your, your overall thoughts on, on Watson and he, you know, he looked panicked and, and at times was dropping his eyes, but there was also a few good throws that kind of showed the things that he has done in his career, the, the quick processing, the quick release and, and, uh, and, you know, pinpoint accuracy at times. So uh, he definitely showed rust and, and was not the quarterback that we were kind of hoping to see, but also some glimmers of hope in there that give you an idea that he could still be the guy that, that uh, he showed he was. Yeah, a couple throws. He had a dig that was a nice throw and a third down. Uh, a couple of little RPO wrinkles, I think, were, were working out. They didn't get much of a flow. It still felt like it felt like the Texans played up front on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage than Cleveland did. So that mm-hmm. continues to be a problem. And uh, yes, you know, no yeah, we'll quarterback can no sure. quarterback can really mask that all too much. The Bengals did go down and score on their opening drive touchdown. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me. Again, I think that he had a nice little play action over route throw in the first half there, but there just wasn't a ton. He had a couple of third down slant. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a more conservative approach. They really didn't put much in his lap. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, once they started to collect some, some turnovers and those two fortuitous touchdowns that they were able to find, I think yeah. Kevin was quite all right with not, not going crazy. And, you know, there's examples of where they're still – you know, he doesn't want to put too much in his lap. And I think you could tell early, you know, Brad, you just said something that was really enlightening too, which is something I wanted to point on, you know, the low throws and stuff like that. Like whenever your body is sped up as a quarterback and your arm is beating your, your back hip through, you're going to spike the, it's, it's a whole bunch of everything was moving quick for him and he wanted to do it, wanted to do it, wanted to do it. And that, uh, that results in mistakes that results in, I, and I'm going to be, be honest. I don't even think he saw Petrie on the interception. Like, no, I no. think Petrie's jury is going to seem stupid, but I swear to God, it happens more than people want to talk about. The uniform of the Texans is all blue. That end zone was all blue. And sometimes that can mess with your depth perception. I don't even think he saw him. Um, but, but it was, you know, he's got to see him. That's the point. But like, uh, th- there's just some stuff there. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I need six full games to see where he is. There's going to be rust. The Browns didn't, you know, I think that there's something. <laughs> I'll probably talk about this another time, but like, you know, it's not like, I don't think anybody should expect someone to take two years off and come back and just dominate football. I mean, even the longest tenured veterans, there've been some guys who have done this Peyton Manning's neck fusion, right? Uh, there, there was uh, he Peyton was a little better, obviously in his first game with Denver, but there's some examples of veterans taking these, these, these really long breaks and coming back and playing and, um, you know, people want to feel vindicated and they want to hate him and that's fine. That's your prerogative. And you can love that interception and love the, the spike throw there. But, you know, I think that, you know, Watson is, is only done so much. You got to think like there's a baseline playbook at the beginning of the year. They're obviously putting these things in throughout the year. The offense adjusts from the beginning of the year to week 11. It adjusts so much. And you can, you can look at the film in the quarterback room with all the other guys you know, you got a reminder, he wasn't even there the first, what, eight weeks? He wasn't even in the building, period. He's doing it on his own. There's just a lot. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of change to verbiage sometimes in the season, how you go about it. So, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. He didn't play very well, but I, I'm just sitting here like, what were your expectations? If they were 300 yards and three touchdowns, like, I didn't think that was going to be the case for him. I just really didn't. So, uh, you know, that 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 to me was not completely unexpected, but he needs to be better. There's no doubt he's got to be better the rest of the way and then obviously hit the ground running in 2023. But this isn't a game where I leave panicked because, you know, this is his first game in a while and, and there's a lot of moving parts here, but they have got to find a game plan he's comfortable with and he can execute because Cincinnati's good. They want payback. They're good, uh, especially if they go ahead and finish and are able to somehow beat Kansas City. They're fighting with Baltimore at the top of the division two straight division leading teams. And obviously Baltimore uh, is, is uh, one of the better defenses uh, at times, especially taking the runaway and making the quarterback beat you. So Watson will have to do things. They cannot play a game plan in the future here, afraid of sort of what is he able to handle and what's he not. You have to find things he can handle here. 
at the start of the year. But again, I don't think I can say it enough. When you haven't played and you're taking bullets like for the first time, live game speed, crowd noise, all of it. And reminder, 2020, last time he played, right? No crowd. No this is his first game in front of a crowd in a long time. So there's a lot to that. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not worried about it, but there's there's just a lot here that people weren't thinking about necessarily. I was gonna say, um, Another thing that didn't really help this situation, and it's not an excuse, but this was just a really bizarre game from the beginning. So Mm -hmm. you get his first completion fumbled, right? Um, You know, Jake already talked about the pass where I don't think he saw Petrie either, and he just kind of curled off his route, you know, uh, to, to float back into the... I mean, it was a nice play by him, but it looked like he didn't see him at all. Um, And... You know, it, that was that was going to be probably a scoring drive there that he led, right, with a couple nice completions in it. And, um, yeah, I mean, even, like, the throw to Donovan Peoples-Jones on the sideline, it was like he it was two feet from him, and he missled it into his chest. <laughs> like, like, you know, he was just, it was just uh, over. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Too fast. Everything's too fast. And mm-hmm. and just like when you get drafted, right, uh, from college and quarterbacks say the game has to slow down for me, right? Uh, it, you know, that's like the first thing they say when they start to get it is the game's slowing down for me. I think you're probably going to have to go through a little bit of a mini phase of that with him being out as long as he has, right? The game has to re-kind of slow down for him again. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, one thing we've got a, a great point in, in chat here from Brian 021. Um, the, it doesn't help with how bad the tackles played. There was a, you know, early on, I, uh, the, I think it was the first drive where, you know, he was under pressure right away and just had to get the ball out. And, um, uh, you know, it, it ties into the theme that really since the bye week, the offensive line across the board, uh, with the possible exception of Joel Batonio has been, bad certainly not to the standard that we've expected uh as as sort of spoiled browns fans in the bill callahan kevin stefanski era but but not i wouldn't even say an average performance for an offensive line across the league in terms of pressures given up and especially the lack of push that they're getting in the interior in the run game and i i do think obviously the ethan postage injury plays a role here but uh just generally uh, Wyatt Teller uh, injury, and he's playing hurt and not playing effectively. And then the tackles both seem to be struggling. Um, Jake, I'm sure you'll you'll dig into that on uh, on Tuesday on your show. But but just your thoughts of like, what's your concern level of where the offensive line is at right now? They're just not playing well enough. I don't know that I would call what they're doing bad necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through this with Kyle on the chalk talk. I just don't think they're playing to the standard that we have come to know. Right. So I don't, I don't want to say, yeah, like I, and I really don't want to compare to their peers. I just, we need to look at it the last week and the week before it was sometimes a running back issue, sometimes a quarterback issue, sometimes an offensive lineman issue. So it's a mixed bag, but they have been better before. And I'm worried about what I'm more worried about is it feels like the opponent is playing living on the other half, the Mm -hmm. one yard on each half, right? Mm -hmm. If you get one yard of movement, you're typically going to get three, four, five-yard runs. If you get negative movement, you're typically going to get zero, one, two-yard runs. And what I'm noticing is that issue in the run game, and I'm noticing issues in pass protection where teams aren't blitzing and still being able to move people into the lap of the quarterback, which is a problem. Browns, if you watch, 
other than 95 for the most part, don't really end up getting somebody into the lap of the quarterback. You say a lot about Kyle Allen. He stinks. I get it. But like there wasn't much pressure in his face that often Mm -hmm. today. You know, Mm -hmm. they created a turnover off of a screen malfunction where he tried to sidearm it. But like the Browns collectively between their own pass rush and and how the the offensive line is playing right now, I'm concerned because if you watch Watson's throw, the interception, he threw it with a bit of a haste to it because a guy, I'm not sure where he came from, I'll have to break it down, had beat somebody inside and was in his face on the throw. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a reason that play happens, is a pressure ends up in someone's face, he can't throw it when he wants to, or because of the pressure coming, you have to do a little bit more guessing and anticipating on where someone's going to be. So I do think that if the Browns are going to get to their best version going into that, these last six weeks, the offensive line does need to be better. There's no doubt about it. So uh, I'm not here to say they're bad, and I'm not saying you said that, Andrew, but they're not they are not living up to what the dollars say they should. Right. Conklin's been bad for several weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jed, I'm concerned. I mean, it's hard. I yep. feel like there are times where the, the, the offensive tackles are expecting the quarterback to be in a different place in the pocket than he actually is. They're almost okay with the guy winning upfield, but then they let him go upfield and the quarterback has hit the top of his drop and is right there. So there's a timing issue there uh, with Jed that, that is worrisome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think Jed's pretty good. I just think that there's some stuff here they have to get ironed out. The tackles weren't good enough today. A couple times between the guard center guard, they were a little leaky. Got to rewatch it. It's so hard to watch it in real time and have a great feel for it. But the, I think the thing that Watson will also have to get comfortable with is knowing where your guys struggle. Hey, I played with Laramie Tunzel for three years. I know he's a typically an upfield guy. He's usually going to let a guy beat him upfield. So I know if I'm looking left, I got to step up and climb. I know that if I got Jed on my left, Jed's more of an inside guy that gets beat. So if I'm looking left, my propensity will be to dig out a little bit to the left of the pocket to allow him to recover and ride somebody past inside. So there's differences there. You have to get more comfortable with your quarterback, has to get very comfortable with his tackles, how they typically play, how they recover from typical beat situations. We'll see if that stuff works itself out. But today I thought pressure was – it was something Watson didn't seem at ease with. Where pressure – and what his answers were to pressure. Eyes were dropping, and a little bit of that stuff is uh, is concerning in terms of you need to – we need him to know where his answers sit all the time, I think. Yeah. So, you know, that's my stance on it. I'll be interested to see um, when you when you look at the uh, all twenty two Jake and 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 I'll you know glance at a, a good portion of it, but like I'll be interested to see what the uh, if there was any effect on the offense of having Felton have to play the slot for mm-hmm. a good portion of the game. That's a great point. Uh, versus David Bell or just somebody that's been there for the last few weeks. It, mm. it, the offense felt weird with him out there. I'm like, what the, where the hell for, I mean, he was a healthy stretch like two weeks yes. ago or last week. And then yep. now he's playing like every snap in the slot. So, um, you know, I don't think that was ideal for today. Mm-hmm. Bell going out early in this game and may have also been just another reason things were a little bit weird today. Yeah, that's a great point, Brad. And I think it, it does kind of segue into another concern coming out of this game, which is the Browns. Suffered a, a few injuries in this game, and and one of the the looks like one of the more severe ones was to a position of that they're already pretty much out of depth at, which is uh, linebacker Sione Takitaki in the fourth quarter uh, had to leave on the cart and was pretty emotional, according to reports in the uh, in the tunnel. So I, it seems like his season might be over. Um, uh, to your point, Brad, uh, David Bell left I think off, the, off after the first drive and was ruled out pretty quickly. So that seems like a pretty serious hand injury, which is uh, Anthony Schwartz can tell you, you're going to need your hands when you play football. Um, yeah. Speaking of Schwartz, he was evaluated for a concussion and did not return. Uh, Harrison Bryant, I think returned. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did return, but he was in the tent for a bit being looked at for a, a wrist issue. And then uh, Ronnie Harrison also left late in the game. So, um, you know, some of these, I, I don't know where they stand. I, the wide receiver depth is also concerning because, you know, if, if, if Bell and Schwartz miss time, now you're looking at your, your uh, to your point, Brad, your third right wide receiver is probably Demetric Felton, and he's not, you know, he hasn't been playing, and he hasn't really been playing for a reason. I think he hasn't really impressed much. And then you've got Michael Woods, who's on the team. So uh, that's that's four, uh, and, and typically you're going to want at least five dressed for a game. 
so the, the Browns were in a position where if they had had one more injury to wide receiver here, they wouldn't have been able to run 11 personnel, which is a pretty rough spot to be in. Um, the Taki Taki injury also hurts because he had been basically he had been a starting linebacker for this team over the past few weeks, had really come on as a as a much more permanent replacement uh, and a better replacement for uh, Anthony Walker than Jacob Phillips had been before Phillips had his injury. So uh, the Browns now will have Tony Fields and J- uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa at linebacker. Uh, and if they need to play a third, I guess it would be Jordan Kanasich. I'm not sure. Uh, they might be starting a street player. I get well, uh, Deion Jones. I forgot yeah, about yeah. Deion Jones. Um, so, so they have they have some depth, but uh, you know Dakota Allen uh, was I think claimed by the Broncos last week off the practice squad. So they they might be in a position where somebody that's coming in off the street is joining this team, uh, or I suppose Lawrence Carter would be the other name from the practice squad. But Jake, um, you know Taki Taki has been a uh, uh, help in bringing a little more physicality uh, to the defense in the run game the past few weeks yeah it sucks not just for this season because he'd been playing well but he's fighting for a next contract and he had put mm-hmm. some really good tape on 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 the field to be more than just a 15 down linebacker i hope there's enough there for some i i actually what hope happens is cleveland's able to maintain him and, and give him some sort of deal because yeah. i think he fits really well he's a good cultural fit he plays hard he'd started to come on and feel more comfortable in coverage and I think that matters uh, for him because we know he can fit the run relatively well, uh, but for him to be able to play, uh, you know, sort of concepts floating coverage match stuff was starting to improve. So that's a big bummer. I mean, obviously Harrison Bryan is uh, there too. That that's tough because now I don't know what the severity of that is. When did he? I, I mean, I didn't even know Bryant left. He was. He came play. back. He came back. Okay. He left. He left in the middle of a drive. I think in the in the third quarter. No, it must have been before halftime because I was talking about it at halftime. But he did come back into the game. Got it. Okay, yeah, that's good because we don't really have uh, much depth at tight end, as you guys all know right now. And um, the Schwartz thing's tough. They're still trying to work him in and figure out something for him to do. The fumble was unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. You never want to see that, especially when it gets punched out so bad that things like an arcade machine, uh, just a pinball (laughs) machine, just shooting out of there. You got to have spatial awareness. He hasn't been on a football field enough, though, in the years in Cleveland to know, right? Right. You just have to always be bracing, man. When you catch the thing in chaos, anybody's going to come through in this, those pesky defensive backs. And that's the thing about the Texans. And I saw a good question up there from OG Philly about flood concepts and different things. They play a very unique cover. They play more cover two than anybody in the NFL. And that cover two is, it's tricky, especially tricky if you don't have a fear of speed. I don't know if you're a football nerd and you can you have access to all 22 if you, if you do that somehow. Go watch how deep the Texans' safeties had to play to account for last week's Miami speed and how close they were to the line of scrimmage. But what it does is it takes away a lot of rhythm throws. It takes away the easy flat throws. It takes away some of your curl flat stuff uh, that you like to make, you know, rhythm-based things. It's a unique defense. They they do it. It's an old style of football. It's got a lot of vulnerabilities, but it's an older uh, sort of mid-'90s to mid-2000s type of coverage stuff that Lovey's doing. It's unique. Uh, they really don't give up a ton of, of chunk plays. They really funnel everything and keep it in front of you. So not every defense is like the Texans. They do some unique things. I don't think the Browns were all too comfortable giving Watson a bunch of five-step concepts in terms of flooding and different variations of that. I have to watch more of the tape, but uh, in, in, in my opinion, it felt like they didn't necessarily respond to what the Texans were doing as well as I hope they would. But again, we could see some things on tape. Guys are open, Watson missed them. I'm not sure. But yeah, to, to the original point, I think today, Andrew, what it does is brings into question a little bit of, well, not even, maybe not into question, but it does bring up the point of, you know, you dress nine offensive linemen. Well, if you lose mm-hmm. tight ends, you got to play those guys. If you're a 13 person, you got to play them, right? right. If, you, uh, if you don't, but then if you lose Schwartz and you lose Bell, you're down to you didn't bring Mike Woods with you. You're down to another issue at wide receiver. So there needs to be some added bodies here to uh, mm-hmm. to make this because there's some guys who are just catching air on the sideline. Like Dearness Johnson yep. didn't play. Jerome Ford played today. Like right. those are just wasted bodies. Like we need receivers and 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 keep keeping nine O linemen is not the worst thing in the world to me. If you use them as your as your sixth O lineman more often than any team in the NFL, and you need backups, but like. There are guys out there that are just sort of collecting paychecks and just standing mm-hmm. on the sideline. And 
they need to have some other like Mike Woods has to dress. They just have to have right. those guys. So yeah. right. I'll be interested to see if that shifts moving forward. Yeah, they came into this game with five active wide receivers and two active tight ends, which is pretty light when you think about uh, just just what you know. A lot of other games this year, they've had they've had uh, at least five active wide receivers and three tight ends, sometimes four tight ends. So it's it definitely some choices about where the roster numbers are right now, and it'll be interesting to see, as you said, how they adjust that to account for these injuries this week. Um, I, I, the other question that I think I want to come back to because you know it's probably worth talking about. You know, Kyle Allen, uh, the Texans quarterback, was was really bad today. And I know uh, Ian's got a slide on his struggles. Um, it, you know, it, and it, 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 Brad brought this question up earlier, and I, I want to hear more about this from you, Brad. Um, you know, is this a question uh, or a, an issue where we're giving Joe Woods and the defense credit? Or are we saying, like, this guy just probably shouldn't be an NFL starter? Well, he definitely shouldn't be an NFL starter. Let's just say that. I, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, the defense struck me today as, like I talked about it yesterday with Jake, like, yeah, they got to be opportunistic, and Kyle Allen's going to give you a chance to take the ball away. So that's kind of like what I asked for, and they provided that in, in like, a big way. So I don't want to be too hard on the defense, but – like Damian Pierce made, you know, the Browns players that are not physical enough, he mm-hmm. exposed them, right? Like yes. there are a lot of guys that could not protect. I mean, I know he's a very powerful runner, but like, um, like I, I'm just going to say this, right? Greedy Williams, I, I, I don't, I would be close to like, like cutting the dude today. Like, are, did you see him out there mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. So on mm-hmm. the, on the uh, free kick coverage, him and Schwartz come together to just let the guy run right between them because neither yep. one of them wants to tackle anybody. I mean, that's incredibly ridiculous. And then on the sideline at the end of the game where he tries to hug him around the waist, he just stops playing and then just lets him run for 30 more yards. That's yep. embarrassing. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but Greedy uh, you know, is about as contact – avoids contact more than any uh you know professional football player i may have ever seen in my life and Mm -hmm. i I don't understand why uh he's on the field i guess he's on the field at the end of the game there because they're up big but still uh Mm -hmm. disgraceful performance from him and you know just we'll do anything to avoid contact and and it was terrible uh embarrassing a little bit actually so uh schwartz is the same way i mean schwartz has done a decent job as the gunner on special teams but then today he looks like he's lost in that area as well Uh, as Donahue had improved there. Um, You know, there are just some guys on this defense that make business decisions and Mm -hmm. aren't as physical as you want your defense to be. As a Cleveland Browns defense, I want them to have some edge and play with some attitude and want to hit some people and play through the whistle a little. And they just don't have that kind of edge on this defense. And I don't, and and I worry that that comes from Joe Woods down because you know, Martin Emerson brings that edge, and mm-hmm. that's why I keep yeah. writing about that. Is I, I wish that the rest of the defense would take on that sort of uh, moxie, right, an yep. edge to it. But they just don't have an identity or personality on this defense that strikes me as really easy to root for. I mean, you know, the stuff that came to them came to them easily, and I'm not going to kill them for that. But I don't want to like say that this was a some terrific defensive performance let's be real i mean they they just got a lot of easy stuff handed to them so i am not listen i i'm steady on this i don't think what's in the brad be all negative after i know it's great i'm just saying i mean i i just don't i mean i don't think people should be like oh wow defense i don't think joe woods should be able to save his job i wrote this yesterday too I, i i mean you fooled us we got fooled last year don't get fooled again like, you know, it was bad at the beginning, good late. It's not good enough, right? Like, he, it's not good enough. He cost, you know, outcomes at the beginning of the season are, right. are have extremely costly to the seasons uh, where we are now and moving forward. So, you know, as far as Woods goes, in my mind, he should be gone no matter what the defense does the rest of the year. Right. And, and this performance today where they get – four goofy ass turnovers isn't going to be, you know, uh, some life-saving performance for them. Yeah. 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 Texans would, uh, we should just cover the stats real quick, Andrew, if if you're okay with that. Well, let me just, let me just say one more thing about this because I think when, when, when Brad's points about the tackling are all very well made. And I think that 
the lack of physicality on defense is, is, you know, it, it's attention grabbing every week. And then the other thing that's happening now is the offensive line is struggling to run the ball at times and getting pushed around up front. And the overall impression that it creates is of, is of a team that is physically very soft because they're not dominating teams the, the way they used to be able to uh, up front. Uh, and, and they're being dominated physically on defense. Uh, now, obviously, next week they play uh, the Bengals, which has kind of been their their team that they can just push around whenever they want. And they certainly did it in week eight. So we'll see if that happens again. But I think I think that there is a sort of concern culturally here that, that Brad raises that I think is absolutely valid especially now that the offensive line isn't being as physically dominant as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce is third in the NFL in missed tackles forced, uh, doing a really nice job despite having a 20 less attempts than Nick Chubb and uh, 46 less attempts than Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, he's really hard to tackle, not not to change the fact that this is not a good tackling team at all, but, like, that guy's an SOB, man. He's going to be a real problem (laughs) for a while. Like, he's really good. But – you know, I mean, I get it. I, I definitely didn't think they dominated, but they're continuing to do a lot of the positive trend things that I like, which is keeping the run stuff respectable two weeks in a row. They are this year doing a nice job of forcing either turnover on downs near the goal line or field goals. They're doing a good mm-hmm. job at that. This is not, and this is the version I think of what they really are, right? Is they capitalize on some turnovers. They try to funnel the football, make you punt it a lot and play a bin but don't break style now there's the inverse of that which is a super aggressive team like you know used to be c from baltimore before they changed dcs or dp's mm-hmm. type stuff but that also has a lot of risk in it too because you can be beat over the top and uh, that, that part sucks it's just what whatever you prefer uh, i'm certainly not of the belief that joe woods needs to be here next year but you know they gave up 283 total yards today forced the texans into one of 12 on third down uh, 4.6 yards of play, 82 rushing yards net as Pierce went for 73 yards on 18 carries. They gave up 201 passing yards on 40 attempts. I'm sure there were more dropbacks uh, that the ball wasn't thrown or or a penalty uh, or sorry turned over. They turned it over four times. Defense collected three turnovers. Um, they forced seven punts, so nine punts and seven punts in the last two weeks. Those are positive steps. And then, um, you know, they won the turn of uh, the time of possession by five minutes. So. I'm with you. It's it's uh, the Texans are an absolute. I use the word in a tweet farce. They're they're really. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what way to describe them. It's not a very good defense, but um, the Browns defense did their job. They 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 did what they were. You know, you, you control your own outcome, right? They right. got lucky on the first turnover that the there was a busted coverage there where the tight end was wide open, but sort of flopped it up in the air, and that guy gets going to find his way out of the NFL real quick if he does that too many times. So you get that turnover, you get, I mean, a, I mean, a turnover on a quarterback sneak out of the end zone with your backed up. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that one. And then obviously the, they did make a play. Winovich made a play to knock that ball in the air and sure. they created that final turnover, but they were good enough. I mean, they had to, we talked about the game. Don't lose the game, right? Don't lose the game. Don't lose the game. Don't lose the game. The offense yeah. gave it away twice. Yep. They didn't give up any touchdowns and um he didn't have to win. It's still not a good defense. It's still not a defense I want to roll into 2023 with in terms of some right. of the personnel and some of the guys leading it. But uh, they deserve uh, deserves a pat on the back. The old uh, nice job today. On offense, the Browns, uh, 14 first downs, 4 of 13 on, th- on third down. They went for 304 net yards, 5 yards of play, 174 rushing. Nick led with 80 yards on 17 carries. Kareem went 9 for 56. Watson, 7 for 21. Um, they only threw for 130 net Watson, 12 of 22, 131, and one interception. Six penalties for Cleveland to five for the Texans, six punts for Cleveland to seven. Uh, Cleveland scored three touchdowns, all of the defensive or special teams variety. So, shout out to you if you got them on fantasy this week, yeah, uh, for that. Uh, nice, nice score bump. Both teams went two for two on field goals. Cleveland 32 minutes of possession to 27 for Houston. Kyle Allen 20 of 39, 201, a touchdown, two picks. Uh, B Jordan, is that Brevin? I'm not sure. Uh, okay, I got that right. Lucky guess. Four for 46 yep. to lead the receivers on on the uh, side of Houston. Uh, Chris Moore, three for 46. Nico Collins, three for 35 and a touchdown. Damian Pierce, three for 22. Jordan Aikens, three for 21. Philip Dorsett, two for 18. Daria Agumbawale, it's a fun last name, two for 13 yep. on the Brown side. Donovan Peoples-Jones, three for 44. Cooper leads all um, receivers and targets. He was targeted nine times but only yielded four for 40. 
Kareem Hunt, two catches, 18 yards, Schwartz, one for 12 on the fumble. Farrell Brown, one for 11. Harrison Bryant, one for six. Hey, shout out Harrison Bryant, first career rush, eight yards, first down. Like that little wrinkle. Um, Taki Taki led all tacklers with nine on the defense. Six for Ward, six for Winfrey, five for JOK. No sacks recorded by the Browns. A John Johnson interception, a Tony Fields interception, and then um, a fumble recovery by Tony Fields. And Denzel Ward, obviously, the scoop and score touchdown on the side of the Texans. Jalen Petrie had 16 tackles. Not good when your safety has 16 tackles. Just me speaking on that one. Uh, Kirksey, what up, Kirko? Seven tackles. Christian Harris, a rookie, had six. Roy Lopez, that's not a sitcom actor on ABC. That's a defensive tackle for the Texans. He had five tackles. <laughs> Jalen Petrie had one catch for 29 yards. Uh, Kyle Allen uh, recovered one of his own fumbles. Uh, this is kind of noted here at the bottom. Desmond King had a recovery of a fumble. Also lost one. And then Tavier Thomas forced a fumble. I think, is he the one who punched that football out? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Redemption for him. Sweet redemption. Yep. So that, those were the stats. There was a football game played today that was very uneventful, and it felt very much Browns-Texans. It was a weird game. It's a weird game. Yep. MJ Stewart yep. getting into Sean Watson's face, if you didn't notice Saw that. that. Yeah. Saw that. Wonder what was said there. Probably, like, how's the family doing? Yeah. What do you think? Maybe rec- restaurant later? recommendations since they switched. Yeah. They switched Dinner cities. later tonight. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. They're probably friends. Um, so yeah, let's 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 spin this forward then and talk about next week because the Bengals are up fourteen to three on the Chiefs. Playing very uh, well, and uh, they're playing really really good ball right now with Jamar Chase coming back as well. Um, the Browns have an immense task ahead of them. Uh, the the team that played today is not beating the Bengals probably. 95 times out of 100 uh, next week in Cincinnati. Uh, the question is, um, does that team show up, or is does the team that that absolutely owned the Bengals in Week Eight show up um, on Sunday in, in Cincinnati? And I think that's, you know, it, it it's going to be every game now that it's going to come down to that, right? But uh, that's where we are uh, a week from now in, in uh, Cincinnati. Brad, what do you think about what this team has to get done between now and then? Listen, uh, you know, they they have to get a lot done, but we talk, you know, I'm going to stick with this this though. It, it, this game is a was weird in the way that it was played, but it was yes. weird coming in too. So totally. I, I'm going to take this game and, and it's, it's an outlier and just pull it out of the rest and just set it aside like Watson's debut game, getting reacclimated, knocking off the rust, the injury. You know, you got Felton out there for the whole game. You got weird stuff happening on defense. Special teams, your first touchdown is a punt return, which we didn't mention. Great return by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Amazing. Uh, so, you know, just weird stuff happened in this game. It's an outlier. Yes, he does. The game needs to slow down for him. Hopefully today goes towards that and they can come out. Next week, they've had the Bengals' number. Um, They match up well with them defensively, so hopefully they can get these guys back healthy. And uh, if you stop or slow Joe Mixon, they will make themselves one-dimensional. I think the Browns' corners uh, really like the matchup against the Bengals, and the Bengals will be looking to, uh, you know, show that uh, that was an aberration last time. So, uh, you know, no chase, but last time, but you know, they've had this uh, little rivalry going since the off season when they were on the uh, pivot podcast or whatever. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, will be a monster game and it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, but I think that the Browns just kind of match up really well with the Bengals. So it'll be about getting Watson right for this one. Yeah. And, and it should be game planned and schemed up to go beat them. Patrick Mahomes is a wizard. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the thing that I would hope, as I sit here, I, the division to me is out the window. I just, I don't. I mean, I guess the Ravens could lose some games unexpectedly at the end of the year. If Lamar's knees injury costs them a couple weeks, maybe right. you would need Kansas City, who's down fourteen three, to come back and win this game. To me, you're looking at a wild card. So, like, what I would like is Cincinnati to win an emotional game here and then sort of sleepwalk through a next Sunday one o'clock game, right? I don't know, man. It is hard to tell how the NFL is going to show up week to week. I have no idea. It's the weirdest league this year where you never know when a team's going to show up when they aren't. And the thing I think that is going to benefit Watson, I'm going to be very careful with this moving forward, but like 
there was a lot of pent up thought and emotion to returning to Houston. A lot of personal feelings. There's an entire suite up there with his family and I'm talking 30 people. And now it's just play ball. Now it's go to just another week. Let's get ready for the Bengals and play ball. And hopefully there's a little bit of that settling in because they need him to be better. They need him to be a lot better if they're going to, Oh my goodness. If they're going to, uh, if they're going to beat Cincinnati because Cincinnati does want some revenge there, Brad, you're talking about the Browns talked a lot in the off season. Browns talk mm-hmm. DB DBs talked a lot after winning the, uh, was it a, was it a Monday night game? Or was it Thursday? Sure was. Night it was a Monday night game. They talked a lot after that one. I think that the uh, Joe Burrow and, and uh, the receivers here are going to be really hungry to prove their point. And that part of it is going to be uh, interesting, but the Browns have to get it. They have to win this game in Cincinnati. It is everything for their season to yeah. win these next two division games. They put themselves in that position. So we will see. But because they won today, the next one feels big. It still feels big, right? Right. Like, and yeah. that's kind of what was the point coming in. You just, just make it one week at a time, and it still feels like it matters this week. So right. and just, and just I think win, that's, right? Just that's an advantage to all of this. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can win. You got to win, and you got to win ugly games. And not yeah. all games are going to be pretty, but you give yourself a chance against Cincy next week, and you can muck it up and make that one ugly and create some turnovers like they did the last time these two played. You got a chance. You always got a chance, man. So, yep. um, in the NFL, especially like I said, if Lamar's knee is a problem, and you win this one, you go to Baltimore, and you got you got a chance, man. So it's all right in front of them. Yeah, it's 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 strange because knowing that with those next two games being at Cincinnati and then Baltimore at home. Um, you, you kind of have a chance to build some momentum. I, I expected, you know, uh, uh, more of a sense of momentum coming out of this game. It's hard to take much from this. I think, Brad, to your point, this feels like very much a one-off, right? That this was a one game uh, of, of it, it, it doesn't, it almost feels like it doesn't have much of an indicator for the rest of the season. And so we'll just, you, you know, probably cock ourselves into being excited all over again by next Sunday but not carrying a lot of excitement out of this game, certainly because of just how how uh, inconsistent the offense was really across the board, not just Watson, but the running game and uh, and every every piece of the operation on offense was was pretty rough. So, um, uh, any closing thoughts, uh, Brad, in terms of uh, what you take away from this one as we start to think about next week and and the rest of the season, maybe even looking into twenty twenty three. No, I, I mean I think this is what. Like we said, this was in the realm of outcomes. I'm not, uh, I'm not discouraged by what I saw today at all. Uh, I think that it was kind of to be expected that he would have to get this rust off at some point, and he was going to have bad games at some point. They've won two in a row, as the uh, you know, I, I can't read it that far. My eyes are terrible, but uh, as the person in chat is, is yeah, Pat Shea, no. one two in a yeah, row. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, did one two in a row, and. Uh, that's uh, that's big for this team, and in, in this game, regardless of what happens today in this uh, this game versus the Chiefs, will uh, appear and seem really big for mm-hmm. the Browns and their fan base uh, this week. So uh, it should be a treated that way, and you'll get Watson game two. It should be improved, and I think those are all really good things. As far as the defense, yeah, I, certainly I am questioning their their physicality, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and that's putting it in a nice way. I don't want to call them soft or anything, right? But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm questioning certain players' physicality on that defense, and, uh, you know, I would like to see, to, to Jake's point, they have done a good job in the red zone. They have held teams to field goals multiple weeks in a row now, and that keeps you in game. So there's a couple good things that you – I mean, it's not all bad coming out of this. They're all good. So treat it right. as an outlier. Move on from it. Next week's a big game. Get ready. And I think that by the time next week comes around, you have the chance of Watson going out there and playing like your your star quarterback. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I think that there is, um, there's, I'm sorry, there was a really nice catch, but it was out of bounds. Um, I think there is a lot of positive momentum for the specials in defense. I do think there is momentum there. I, I really do. I mean, I know, again, I've not changed from the steadfast stance I've had about wanting a different voice and all that, but they are doing encouraging things on defense and they are doing encouraging things in the special teams unit. Kate York, really comfortable looking today. Maybe that guy needs his, uh, he needs a, uh, dome, you know, like absolute right. money. Uh, today, but he looked comfortable, right? Looked comfortable, so that's positive. It is again, I, 
Texans are we we don't want to play like they don't who wants to play the Texans right now? Nobody. It's just a sleeper game. Go watch every team that's played them recently. It's a sleeper game. They have NFL talent out there, the guys that are fighting and hungry and playing hard, but nothing about playing them gets you amped up. So it's just like it's a game that everybody sleepwalks through on the schedule. And the Texans have been very nice about handing games to the opponent, as we saw today. Because um, go back and, like I said, the Dolphins were 30 nothing, but they got like they, – they, their offense wasn't very good. Two a great in the low 70s. They did a decent job. They just gave away the football. And so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about the offense altogether all too much. I think, like, like I said, they wanted to run it a lot. And between Nick and Kareem, they ran it for 150, so it wasn't that bad. You know, they, they, the throwing stuff was rough, but I do think they basically didn't throw after the first two drives of the second half. So there was really not a four full quarters of throwing the football going on there. I'm not that down on the, all. I think they, they, they could still be fine. Like I said, still be fine. Um, but I do think you should be encouraged about the way the defense has been playing. And I do think you should be encouraged about the way the special teams have been contributing and K York taking some really good steps today. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a win. Winning in the NFL is it's it's a bitch. It's hard. So they won. They're, they're five and seven. Let's see them take it another week and get to six and seven. Get David and Joku back for a huge yeah. division game. Like it's all right there, man. It's all right there. They always play Joe Burrow tough. They always play these guys tough. Let's go to Cincinnati, put the chips on the table, and see what happens. So you should be excited. It's a victory Monday coming up for you tomorrow. Watson's back. They're moving forward. Who knows where it goes, man? Who knows where it goes? That's the exciting part is it's not over. It's not over. They got a lot of opportunity in front of them. Yeah. All right. That's great. I appreciate the optimism, fellas. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow night, as Jake mentioned, for a Victory Monday Rewind. Uh, Mike Keefe and uh, Cody Sook and Fred Greeson will be there to to probably say a lot of the same things that we've said, but uh, worse than what we've done. Um, and then on uh, Tuesday night, Jake will have the uh, Chalk Talk uh, at 7, Garage Beers at 9, OBR Weekly on Wednesday at 7, and then uh, I'll be back on Thursday with uh, Cody to preview next weekend's game in Cincinnati. So uh, for Brad Ward, for Jake Burns, uh, I'm Andrew Spade. Thank you all for joining us, hanging out in the chat with us. Uh, the Browns win uh, 27-14, improved to 5-7, and seven, and uh, Deshaun Watson's first game back. That'll do it for us. Go Browns. Go Browns. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.